Last in Line Nation, welcome to another episode of encouragement, another episode that will equip you and empower you to be the best version of yourself. As you know, Last in Line Leadership is all about equipping, encouraging, and empowering people to identify and utilize their gifts for leadership and to provide practical tools for growth and purpose in your life. So settle into this episode, enjoy, and be ready to walk away different than you came in. Last in Line Nation, once again, we meet and we are going to cover this great topic of growing in transition. We're going to finish up the month of May with a spectacular guest. And I'm not much in hyperbole, but I will say this is going to be one of my favorite episodes. Um, So I'm going to introduce to you somebody. um, Alan Clayton is a pastor, senior pastor of our local church here called the Art Church in Conroe, Texas. And I know we have people viewing this from all over the country. And I will say every city needs an Alan Clayton and needs an Art Church. Um, and I'll, I'm going to go into Alan's bio a little bit here. He was born and raised. He's a, he's a transplant into Texas, but but been a, he's been adopted because he's been here so long. But he was born and raised in North Carolina, um, graduated uh, college back in the day, I'll just say. We'll say back in the day. <clears throat> no, 1981, and and I will say that's one of the greatest decades ever. So he was getting going in the early 80s. Um, and when he came to Texas, I'll say he 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 did work for in the secular world for Wrangler Jeans and um, a men's staff, to name a few at the time. I'm not sure what it what it's called now, but uh, he worked there in sales uh, for years. Uh, which is why I think he and I kind of relate. We might be cut from the same cloth in that regard. Um, met his wife, Joy, in 1982. Uh, and I would, I'll speak for him and say that was probably the best movie ever made, was taking a step to initiate conversation with that lady. Mm-hmm. Um, mar- married in 82, three grown children now and six grandchildren, uh, which is it's awesome. He's got, he's got a big day planned with them today. Um, so they founded the Ark Church in 1996, and I got to say, we're celebrating 25 years this year that the Ark has been in Conroe, Texas, and I can't be prouder to be a part of that body of Christ and to have be under the tutelage of this leader and this shepherd of the congregation at the Ark Church. Alan Clayton, welcome to the show. John, thank you. You, you forgot, you left out the part that I am pastor to celebrities, John and John and Misty Shibley. Yeah, you left that part out. Well, you know, I, I, the celebrity thing is, a, is we're quick and loose with that term, but uh, we'll, we'll take it when we can get it. Um, man, is there anything else about yourself kind of personally that we want to throw in that, that maybe help the audience connect with, with Alan Clayton personally? You know, I, I think I was uh, blessed to be both in the secular world and, and in ministry. And, and, and for me, 
uh, you know, John, you and I talked about you know, the fact that I've been in sales. And a lot of times, even when I, when I mentioned that, I sold books out for a company called the Southwestern Book Company while I was in college. And so I did door-to-door -door sales right after my freshman year. In fact, that's where I, that's where I came to the Lord was, mm. was during that time. But I think my experience in sales has always been a, a great experience for me because it, it keeps me from the ivory tower mentality. In other mm -hmm. words, I have I haven't just stayed in the in the realm of theological discourse. Uh, you know, I've had to get out there and and meet a quota, and then deal with having a, a an off year, and mm -hmm. uh, and being threatened to be fired. They almost threatened. They they were threatening me. They loved me, but they were like, Alan, if you don't do something this last year, right before we started the church, he said, man, it basically is like we're going to have to let you go. And, uh, and the Lord came through. And so I've, I've dealt with that kind of pressure. So I know Monday mornings and I understand that. And I, I think that's, uh, that, that's been invaluable. I've got two sons in ministry now. Neither one have had that experience. They'll have other experiences that they can, they can bring to the table. But uh, I really value my time uh, out in the, in the sales force. And, and, and I grew up in a small business home. So that kind of gives me a, a good perspective of, middle-class America. Yep. Yep. I mean, you've seen pretty much everything there is to, that the world has to offer when it comes to just ways we can uh, maybe be knocked off course or maybe be paralyzed in fear and those kinds of things. And, yeah. you know, speaking of transition, you said you were almost transitioned out of the company. Well, we're going to talk about growing in transition. So, Speak, you know, there's transition all over the place. And, and so as, as you know, audience last in line leadership is all about servant leadership. It's all about building up others and pouring into others, investing in others so that we can just greater the kingdom. And uh, it's right out of Mark nine thirty five where it says, you know, to be first, he, he has to be last of all and servant of all. And yeah. so we're, we're going right out of the Bible today, folks and um, grow G R O W is the galvanized in transition. It's the real, it's the overcoming in transition. And then it's the win, the winning W I N in transition. So we're going to tee it up for pastor Alan Clayton today. We're going to talk about galvanized first galvanized to be protected, to be almost insulated to a degree. Um, Talk about what you what that word means to you, being galvanized spiritually, emotionally, relationally, those kinds of things, and and just I don't know how it how it applies maybe to to the transition piece. You know, that's a that's a great question, and uh, I, I love as a, I love the fact you get to use all these big words that I don't use. So I'm going to steal some of your stuff and and uh, and and and, you, and use it. Uh, I think it and being galvanized, being protected really is more of an inward thing than it is an outward thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can protect all the outward things that we can in our lives, but it's, it's really, it, it all boils down to heart and, and it boils down to what's our heart perspective? What's, what's, what's our motive behind that? So when I start mm -hmm. looking at things that, that would protect me, I have to go back to what is, what is my real motive for doing this? And I, I think one of the challenges is we're constantly surrounded by a world that promotes self. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say, you know what, I am not living just to promote self. I am living to, I, I live as, as one pastor said, I play for an audience of one. Yeah. And, and that, I, I think it, it, the, the more I'm able to keep my heart in that direction, 
the more the more protected that, that I become because I recognize I'm under authority. I've, I've got someone that I'm accountable to. So I've, I've found that that's that's the thing. And you know what? And that's not a one-time thing. That's not a, it's not, hey, I did that once. Like the guy that told me one time, he said, well, I've dealt with pride. And like, it was a done deal. And yeah. uh, I, I said to him, I said, well, for today, but you know, you still got tomorrow and, 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 and the next day. And so I think that's a, that's a constant thing that they're always, we're always doing those heart checks, heart calibrations, heart adjustments. And if, if I can keep my heart there, then pretty much I'll be able to take care. Now, sometimes uh, I realize I have to protect my environment. I have to create an environment around me that is, that's a protected environment. There are places I don't go. There's things I don't watch. There's things I don't look at. So there's things that I just have to simply stay away from and, and protect so, so that I don't have to use willpower to overcome that. My environment itself is helping me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it sounds like to me that it, it's a, it's a, not only is it a choice, but it's, it's an intentional act because being galvanized within isn't just automatic, right? You know, it's not a, it's not a given. It's not one of those just, Hey, I'm breathing. So, you know, even Christians, like, I think we fall into that mindset that, well, I'm a believer. I know where I'm going. So I think I can just kind of walk through and, and I'll just be by default, I'm galvanized in my spirit, in my heart. No, I mean, if even, if even more, we might be under more of an attack um, in that regard. You have anything to add to that? Don't, I I totally agree with that. In fact, what is it um, that I think that Peter said, um, we have to be forewarned or to have this knowledge ahead of time is, is good. That we can't think that we're just going to go down through life unscathed as, as a believer that we won't have something that, that comes our way. And so, no, if, if that, that mentality of, of being, being a little bit more aware, that's why the Bible talks about being sober, being alert, being, being aware. So mm-hmm. we just can't kind of cruise through life. It's not the walk of, it's not the cruise of faith. It's a walk of faith. And uh, we have to be alert in the whole process. Wow. That's good. Not the cruise of faith. And see, I'm going to steal that. So we're <laughs> even, <laughs> uh, you know, we talk about, uh, just times of transition can be uncomfortable um, and trying to be, you know, obviously being the galvanized process is an ongoing, like you said, and, and things are coming at us. Um, what else trips us up in that, uh, you know, as we're transitioning. So, I mean, even during the month of May and college and high school graduations and, you know, let's talk maybe right now, let's talk to that, that age group that are transitioning into a different stage of life. Um, mm-hmm. And they've been in church their whole life. And let's say they're going off to college, you know, they're shipping mm-hmm. off in, in August. And uh, that's a big transition. I mean, I think you and I, even though it was a while back, can probably remember some of that. Um, what would you say, maybe if you were to get to give one bit of caution or areas you've seen folks trip up to stay galvanized you mentioned heart but can you go a little deeper into maybe empowering somebody right now you know especially talking to those 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 young people who have been living in their families' homes especially if you've grown up in a christian family mm-hmm. if you've grown up in a christian home in a christian environment you don't realize how protected the environment you've been in mm-hmm. until you move out of it yeah. And so one of the areas that I see young people trip up in all the time is they've been living in an environment where things were pretty much 
laid out for them pretty much there was a clear path well you get out on your own and the path is no longer clear in fact now you have other people coming in and their influence and what they're said and if you haven't and this is key if you don't develop your own faith if you've yeah. been just carried on your parents faith yeah you're in for you could be in for a rough ride because you're going to hit some arrogant professor who speaks so you know just so like authoritatively that <laughs> you believe in god and especially our, our modern universities today they don't they don't put god in you they'll do everything they can to take god out right and there are there are a few that that are 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 different but for the most part you're not seeing god move on campuses even like you were in, in the, i'd say in the 60s and 70s yeah so that that movement has really hit the educational system and so now you're going to be surrounded by people and they party and they look at you like hey don't you well you when you're at home you can't party because your parents will just you know drop the hammer on you right but now but now that you're on your own now now that's your choice and so if you haven't developed your own faith it's really going to be tested i heard someone say one time well you know i got to college and i lost my faith and this individual said well actually you never had any faith you had your parents faith yeah. you need to find your own and so that that really becomes the key what are you going to believe what what do you really believe? Where are your core beliefs? Mm -hmm. And then what are you going to, what are you going to take into the? Are you going to change that just because your environment changed? Absolutely, and take ownership. And 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 I think there's going to be, you know, there's a, there's several factors that are going to kind of weigh in on getting in the way of that. Uh, okay. But you know, I think a good foundation is obviously better than none. But like mm. you said, you've got to own your own. Well, so I always equate this for word talk to a four wall structure and right. we're building this four wall structure growing in transition. So as we migrate into real, real in transition. So um, easy to be fake, easy to kind of walk and we're, you know, we're all masked up. So to use the world's term and play on words, you know, we do wear a mask sometimes and we're not right. really always that real authentic version of ourselves. What would you say is a factor or multiple factors that create those barriers of, of being real or, or just kind of being who we think somebody wants us to be or who we need to be? Yeah, that, that's a, I think that's a great question. And, and being, being real or being authentic is, 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 is a big word that you hear used, you know, today. And so I think, again, it goes back to who are we do? What's our motivation? Who are we doing this for? Mm. If we're doing this for the approval of, of man, we're doing this to have man's applause. I, I think I think the sooner you find out that man's applause is so fleeting and it really doesn't last, mm -hmm. you, it, it's not, it doesn't satisfy your heart. You can't ever get enough of it. And so mm -hmm. I think when you begin to, and, and you, well, you know this from being in sales, you can have a great month in sales and you could be the man. Oh, and then the, the next month starts and they look at you like, what have you done for me lately? And uh, you know, it's you start with ground zero again. I think I think sales is such a, a good indicator of real life. It's because your performance is always gauged. It's right. it's always judged and it's visible. And so you 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 can We used to have numbers on the board, and if, you know, if you were sucking wind, everybody knew it. And so uh, you know, sales will keep you real. You know, <laughs> you you can't fake it if you haven't done anything for the month. I mean, it's it's right out there. And so I, I, I think, again, who are we doing this for? Uh, and then a, a willingness, and, and really it gets into the biblical thing of, of humility. 
what what is what is genuine humility? That teachableness, that willingness to be corrected, that willingness to be have someone speak into our lives with, with godly counsel, to have the Lord speak into our lives, to have His Word speak into our lives. I think these are things that can help us mm-hmm. create some the, the, the reality in our life. You know, the Bible talks about the mirror of God's Word. James did. Yeah. talk about the mirror. Well, you, when you look in that mirror, it's it's going to show you what you need to be, not mm-hmm. just what you are. And so it's a trans it's a transforming mirror. You look in that mirror and you recognize where I need to grow, where I need to change. You can look, we can look in the mirror now and, and uh, you know, of course, looking in the mirror now, as you get, as you get, as you get older, does, it, it doesn't get, it doesn't get, you know, uh, more, more, but it, 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 it still tells, it still tells a story. And so uh, the mirror of God's word gives us gives us something completely different and the more you spend time in there the more you begin to read that, that begins to work that transformational thing and then you you when you're confident and confident enough and 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 who you are in christ and his love for you and what you are you're not as afraid to be to say hey i've got problems you, you've heard me preach for years and and to say hey joe and i had arguments we had problems we had this well for some people they don't like that but that's that's really what reality is. Hey, here's where I was. Here's where I am. This is all the process, yep. and we're we're all we're all learning and growing. Absolutely. And, and man, what I hear you talk about is is just who are we doing it for? Like, what's our gauge? What's the barometer of what good looks like? And yep. I think when you say you, it just went off in me when you said who you know who is it for? And if it's about the man approval and affirmation and validation, that's such a sliding scale. It's oh. so variant. And so we, we, we can't stay honest through that. Like we are on a roller coaster, but if it's about what you said and it's God's word and what he says about us, it doesn't change. So right. that scale stays constant. So right. I think that's even more freeing to know that, man, if I get locked in on the right thing and the right person that I'm doing this for and why I'm doing it, yeah. man, I'm free because I don't have to worry about it changing day to day. Oh, and that's, that's such a, and that's such a relief. So many people are living to meet other people's expectations mm-hmm. and, and to be living to say, Lord, I, I'm really accountable before you. And if I'm doing right before you, what other people think, one, is not that important. I think Paul mm-hmm. said something to the Corinthian church when he said, he said, I think it's a small thing to be judged by you mm-hmm. he said, or of or of a man's judgment. He said, I don't even judge my own self. He said, I don't know anything against myself, but he who judges me is the Lord. And I thought, man, that is, I love that. I think it's a small thing to be judged by you. If we consider what people think about us a small thing, man, that's, that's such a freeing thing. Wish I could say I'm completely there yet, but it's a, it's, it's, that's where I want to track. That's where I want to go. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think somebody just got more real listening to this. I mean, I think they, they took another perspective and maybe another swing at this thing because we are all tempted with, with social media information, the world, that kind of thing, what we're, what we're hearing, what we're seeing. I think we're all tempted to believe the wrong things about ourselves. So I think somebody just got empowered today uh, from that. So I appreciate it. Um, Man, as we, I don't know if we can transition into overcome a little bit. I think real might, might bleed into this some, because I want to have you share maybe an experience where let's talk about an area you had to overcome or a situation where 
you know, if real folds into that, great, because maybe you were believing some of the wrong things and it created a challenge that you had to overcome. I think those go hand in hand. So maybe give the audience a little bit of a, a looking glass into uh, behind the curtain in Alan's life of something you faced. That's a, uh, that's a very interesting thing. You know, pastoring this church has, for 25 years, you're going you're gonna to have some experiences. You know, the challenge about a lot of leadership is, is that we have, to, we have to continue to lead even though we can be going through difficult things. And uh, a number of years ago, we, I had a couple who had a lot of influence and a lot of uh, voice in the church leave and go down the road and start another church. And it, it really decimated one of our departments. It was, a, it was an extremely difficult time. And it, it was really hard at home because we were going through that. We were going through a challenge with our daughter. Our daughter was in a relationship that we found out later was abusive. And we, we, did, we did not know it at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was abusive and it was really taking a toll on her. We had internal staff problems at that time. And I think some of the function of that job is my leadership. I, I wasn't leading as, as I should have, have led. And so I had to make some changes in terms of how I was going to lead and, and, and what, what the values were going to be for our staff. But then we also had to deal with the problem that was ongoing. And it was, it was an extremely difficult time, but the Lord spoke to my heart. I didn't hear a voice, but I just caught a message in my heart as I was driving. In fact, I was where I called you today from is right about that same spot. Really? On I-45, I'm coming up. And, uh, I, and I said, uh, I was talking to the Lord about this and just thinking about going over and over and over in my mind. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I haven't left. And I went, yeah, yeah. And as long as you're here, I'm good. So yeah. simple. So yeah. simple. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't left. And I thought, boy, that is so true. And, and, and so that, that gave us something to stand over. Where we, where we found the challenge, John, was that we continued to, to just wallow in the problem, if you would. We talked the problem. We thought the problem. It, it was the conversation. It was, it was just, it, and, and, and as we look back on it, Joy and I later on determined the problem itself was challenging enough, but we made it harder yeah. by the fact that we kept breathing life into it. We, yeah. kept, we kept feeding it. We kept going over yeah. it. Instead of saying, Lord, we're going to cast the care of this on you. We're going to trust you in this. And if I'm going to trust you in this, and I'm not constantly talking about it. And so we, we have learned from that. I, like, I, wish, I wish I could say we're perfect. We're not. Yeah. But we've learned that we can't keep breathing life into the problem by constantly talking it, thinking it, sweating about it, worrying about it. At some point in time, we're going to have to say, God, I trust you. And I trust that you will help us through this. And, you know, he did. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't lay off anybody. We didn't have, we never, we never missed a payment. We never missed a bill. The church didn't go downhill. We continued to grow. And yeah. so he never left. And if I'd have held on to that a little bit stronger and kept that in my heart and in my mouth and in my thoughts, I'd have done a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And what a great, I mean, so you did that real component that you talked about earlier, the humility what I heard in that story was that you had to sort of look at your leadership style totally. and, and some of the, the separation that occurred with staff and those kinds of challenges. And I think you had to look within, like you said, and that humility factor allowed you to really magnify areas that you could start to 
um, really identify and then start to patch up, right? Doing it some patchwork with yourself. John, let, let, let me let me speak to the leaders out there. If, yeah, if you're a moody leader. If you're moody, if you're if people can walk in and and they're having to dance, what kind of moods he in today? What is he is he good today? Is he isolated today? If you're a moody leader, your 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 experience is always going to be an up and down experience. If you are a leader that is con more consistent, if people know. Man, you can count on them. In fact, I don't even know what's hardly going on in their life because they're they're consistent. Then you create that consistency in whatever area that you're leading in that people can rest in, that people can be confident in. If you're moody, people don't know. They're kind of, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna pattern you. And so I was a moody leader. I'd walk in sometimes. I'd, I thought we have red time, green time. Red time means don't even talk to me. Green time is uh, my door's open. I'd come in. I'd go on red time. I wouldn't talk to anybody. And people would come by and they would look at my admin assistant and go, you know, how is he today? Uh, that, that question doesn't ever need to be asked. Mm. How is he today? And so making that adjustment of being clear on what we stood for as a staff, I, I had to step into my staff and go, in fact, we came up with nine staff values. Mm -hmm. I said, we're not negotiating on these. And uh, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I came up with nine staff values and we cleared out some staff. Because yeah. I was unwilling to move off those values. This is That's what so good. This is what we're going to be about. That's and so. Wow. These last man, these last few years have been wonderful. I, I've loved it, and our our environment has been good. Our our culture has has been good, yeah. but our culture needed a mood uh, a non moody leader. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I'll tell the audience too. Of course, I'm a little biased, but I'll just say, <clears throat> you know. The world and specifically the church needs more transparent leaders like Alan Clayton. Like I will say, you know, sharing that story, you know, was you being transparent enough to talk about where you needed growth and now somebody listening, the audience, I know there's somebody out there that is in that exact situation that you just described yeah. <clears throat> and, and you can see the fruit from it you know, years later, you see the fruit from you making a course correction based on the humility that you had. And, and now look, it's breathing. This, this thing is a breathing entity. It's breathing life into others. Uh, it itself is alive and well. And so, I mean, that yeah. to me, I think that could have been a fork in the road had you not, you know, oh, yeah. had you not done some adjustments that made some yeah. adjustments. And I think sometimes this is why leaders burn out. This is why they get out. Of, of doing whatever they're doing um, because we, we lose that ability to say, where is this my problem? When that couple left, mm. I actually had to go to the Lord and go, where did, mm. where did I miss it here? Now, how they left was, was not right. Mm. But what, what part did I play in this? And if you can ask that question, you're on your way to growth because yeah. that's, that's how the Lord helped me make that adjustment. Wow. I mean, so good. There's so many things right there that just pop out in this, in this talk. So I can't wait to watch this back and write them down. Um, so, you know, as we migrate into this final wall that we're building here, and I think it's empowering folks. I think you guys are going to walk away different today. I know I will. Um, we're going to talk about winning. I think it's fitting, you know, to, to close it out, put a bow on it. That, that is a winning mindset, right? We, we serve a God who's undefeated. Um, 
you know, we're his child. That's a pretty good pedigree to, to be a part of. So, um, you know, Pastor Allen, what, what would you say to um, people that are, you know, what's a key component to, to just winning in transition? You know, it, it's maybe not just so straightforward and black and white. There's so many factors, but give us a couple nuggets here that, you know, you've been very successful. So what has allowed you to be, in fact, I think you were even top salesperson at one point when you were in sales. So what allows you to just continue to win? You know, there's a, there's a great passage in uh, first John, first uh, John five, four verse says, whatever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Mm. What I what I have found is that throughout the years is that God's always on the winning side. Mm. So yeah. when I line up with him and, and, and believe him and trust him, regardless of what I see going on, my, my faith in him has allowed us to continue to go. You know, if it wasn't for him, John, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be celebrating 25 years. Most churches don't make it five. Mm. And so it, it, churches are very much the pattern of small business, the church starts, we were independent, we had no denomination. And so, but it's, it's our, our faith in God. You remember the disciples came to Jesus one time, they said, why couldn't we do it? And he said, well, because you're a little faith. He said, and, and, and so I, I found that just simply spending time in scriptures, I, I was mentored from afar. I never had people that sat down with me, but people I watched, people I listened to, I was mentored from afar by men and women who who had such trust in God's word and such trust in the authority and the power in God's word. And that was so helpful. I got it early. And, it, and so it has become, it's become the standard of when Joy and I get off track or when things don't start going right, we always wind up back here. What, what do the scriptures say about this? Yeah. What, where can I stand? What's a, what's a promise I can stand on? And we've, we've done that in sales. We, we've done that. That doesn't just apply to pastors and churches. That applies to right. life. And uh, he didn't say, this is the victory that overcomes for pastors. It's the, it's the, we're born of God. We're his children. And yeah. so trusting in him is, and resisting the fear, the negativity, all the junk that's in the world, trusting in him is what's enabled us to, that, that is a winning mindset. He's never defeated. He's never down. He's never, I like what you said. He's never, he's undefeated yeah. and he's not down and he's not depressed and he's not wondering. And yeah. so Lord, what, what do I need to do to make adjustments? How can, how can we get on the right track? And so I think that really is the key. So we try every day. I mean, for the most part, I've always encouraged the church and just, just read your Bible, not as a duty, but, but as a something that feeds you and something that builds you on, on the inside. Of course. And it, it, creates, it, it creates strength on the inside. And then what's on the inside is eventually going to show up on the outside. We, we teach what we know. We reproduce what we are. Wow. And, and so what gets on the inside is what's going to come. It's going to show up on the outside. Yeah. And that's for somebody right there. That's, that's for somebody listening. Um, Cause you know, so winning and we talk about mindset and winning mindset, really what we're, if we're feeding ourselves kind of what the world wants us to hear, there could be a lot of negative defeatist talk out there. And so that, if we want to win and we all do, cause I don't know anybody that's standing in the back of the room, raising their hand saying I'm on the losing team. I prefer that. You know, I think we're all wanting to be winners. Like we yeah. want victory. Um, and the promises that you talked about guarantee that it doesn't guarantee smooth sailing right. on the road right, to right, victory. Right. right. 
But we right. do know how this video ends. We do know how this game ends. Yeah. And I think you used the analogy one time, and I've used it a ton. So, again, I think I outstole you on material. But when you tape a game, right, and you, and you yeah. watch it back, right, yeah. when you watch it back, you're not worried when your team's losing during that game or when there's yeah. a turnover, you know they won in the end. So we win in the end. And I think if we as believers especially can – sit in that rest in that knowing the outcome i think our winning mindset takes a whole new complexion don't you wouldn't oh, you agree totally and that's a that's a great point it's if uh, a friend of mine has a saying he said this is going to turn out for my good and god's glory and so he 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 keeps that mindset and it's yeah the persistence comes into and into, into play there uh, but it's the, it's the mindset that when the dust settles uh, I'm still going to be standing yeah. and the, the, uh, the Lord will show me what to do. He'll help me. He's my helper in this. And, yeah. and this is where our trust in him is what gives us a winning mindset. Cause now we have an advantage. Now mm -hmm. we're not in this, we're not slugging it out alone and the world will make it seem like you're all by yourself and it's on you and you're the captain of your own fate. And you know, you're the, you're the man. And, uh, I've had people after church sometimes go, oh, man, you're the man. You're so awesome. I said, hang on, hang, hang tight. I said, I, I'm, I'm a messenger. I said, but I serve one who's awesome. Yeah. And so I said, let's, let, let's, let's get that straight. I said, we're, we're not exalting man. We're exalting one who, who deserves to be exalted. But that, put, that still puts you on the winning side. Right. So when, it, when it's all said and done, I'm going to win. Not so I can go, look how awesome I am. I, I win so I can say, God, you, you've come through again and again and again. That's right. That's so, yeah. I mean, and when you say captain, I <laughs> I remember in elementary school being, you know, kickball and being picked and man, nobody wanted to be picked last. But when, when the captains were established and you knew that one guy was going to win that, you just wanted to be picked. You just wanted to be picked on that team. And when you get on that team, man, oh my gosh, you're like, okay, we're, we're good. We're going to win, but you still yeah. had a role to play. Right. But you right. had confidence in that leader and that captain and, so I hear yeah. you say, you know, if we just are confidence in the right place, we still have a part to play in it. But totally. man, that's a that's a way better scenario to be on that winning side and be Absolutely. with that captain that never loses. So it never loses. Um, yeah. Well, hey, as we close this out, um, it's been a pleasure, of course. But let let's let's um, give one let's give one parting shot for the audience here. Um, there's been many throughout, but let's wrap this up with. Talk about small victory. I think we get so trapped in it's got to be this lightning bolt moment. Like we've got to have this trophy hoisting victory in order to feel significant. And I always talk about significance versus success, of course, because um, there is a difference. But, man, give the audience something to be encouraged by when it comes to just small victories and how to gauge those and how to really not let those blow by us. Well, that's a that's good, John, because I've – that's probably an area where I, I have to, I really have to work at it. And, and because I'm usually on to the next thing, you, yeah. you know, you, you get a win. It's like, okay, ne next. And I think learning to stay grateful is, mm -hmm. is probably the key to, to, to overcoming that, that mindset of missing. If you're thankful for things, you can wake up every day thankful. You can wake up every day, and be thankful for what you have, what God's done, what, what you have in front of you. If you can stay grateful and, and, and cultivate that, and you have to cultivate it, it's not natural. 
Right. Thanksgiving does not come natural to anybody. I don't think, I don't think I've, I've got three kids. I've got six grandkids. None of them are natural thankful. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a, it's a cultivated mentality. Mm-hmm. It says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to thank God in all things. The scripture says in all things. So I'm going to give him not, not for every problem that comes my way, but for every when, for every problem that comes to mind, I got an answer for this. Yeah. Lord, I'm going I'm to give you thanks. So I think if you can just stay, if you can stay grateful for what you have. You know, you start complaining about your job, and you realize, man, thank God I've got one. Right. Uh, you, you start, you start complaining about your family, and then you start think, yeah, but if I didn't have them, how empty would would my life be? And so, so many things we can go negative on, but staying grateful. That's why the Bible talks to us over and over and over again about giving thanks. And so I, I think if you can do that, you can stay on that side of life. Staying grateful keeps you on the right side of the fence. It really keeps you on the, on the winning side. And yeah. then you can, you can, it, and you look, you have to be intentional. I mean, sometimes I, I'm like, Lord, thank you for this car. I'm glad it runs and has air conditioning. And you say, yeah. well, that's kind of ridiculous. No, it's not because it's being thankful. It's cultivating thankfulness in all areas of my life. If I can do that, Man, I, it keeps my attitude really good. And when I find that my attitude has gone bad, I've stopped being grateful somewhere. Right. You can trace that back. You can trace yeah. that back. Yeah. When I, when I have a day where I haven't given thanks for something, I've, you know, I've been kind of in there. You know, that's, of course, I have, you know, my wife, you know, that, that won't fly, you know, around joy. She'll be quick to point. Two preachers in the same house could be dangerous. And, uh, and so she'll, she'll point that, she'll point that out. But, it's, it's, it's really, that's, that's the small win. You can do that every day. You don't have to have something big. You can always be great. That's, that's where, yeah, absolutely uh, true. And I would even go further to say that gratitude will, will equate to the peace in your life that you're looking for in a world where peace is a rarity. Sometimes if we want that, just that inner comfort, peace, security, like, it starts with gratitude and it also starts with humility, like you said earlier. And, and man, that was a great way to end it. Cause I, I think that gratitude and humility, I always say are the two, if I had to just grab somebody off an Island who had never, you know, and, and they're like, what's the secret, you know, aside from Jesus, here are the two things that I want to tell you. Yeah. Humility and gratitude. If you've got to, if you figured out how to intentionalize and every day walk that out and seek those out, I'm telling you, those are the two components in my life anyway, that make everything seem more peaceful. So that's good. Man. I, I, that, 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 you, you summed it up. You summed it up. Well, I, I agree with that. Have you ever noticed, though, gratitude and depressed don't don't walk together. If, 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 when you're grateful and uh, the there's no room for that. There's, there's no, no room, room for depression. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no room for it. There's just none. But when you you start to kind of come to that down route, there, there's no gratitude. Great, great solution. Yeah. That that might that might preach someday. Um, you never <laughs> know. So <laughs> no. Uh, so hey, be, hey, on behalf of the audience, though, I, I will say in all seriousness, man, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. I know there are con, you know, constraints and demands on your time. And for our audience, this has been a treat. Uh, for me, it's been great to be a part of this. And uh, you know, the Ark Church in 25 years, I, I know you probably wake up every day and kind of scratch your head and say, wow, 
never really saw this coming. I don't, if I'm honest, you know, but God just multiplied and expanded and empowered the staff. And so God's doing amazing things and we're not done. So that's the other encouraging part. So no, that's exactly right. John, thank you for letting me be on, man. I, I enjoyed it. Always, always enjoy. always appreciate your heart. You've been with us for a long time. But I always love the fact that even with your busy executive schedule, you, you still come and help us and, and serve in the church. And, and that's key. I hope, I hope your listeners pick up on that, that yeah. as, as a busy executive with a family, you made time for God. And, and I, I, that's, that's huge. You honored him and he'll yeah. honor you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so audience, hey, watch this again, write it down, make some notes because there are plenty. And we, we summed it up in grow and transition. We talked about galvanize. We talked about real. We talked about overcoming. And ultimately, we talked about winning. And all these components equate to a win when you're with a God and on a team that's undefeated. So with that, he's been Alan Clayton. We've been last in line. Be blessed. Oh